This week has begun a fundamentally new debate over how to deal with climate change. We've been focusing on it every day this week. New federal regulations will hold states accountable for meeting standards that have as a goal a 30% reduction in carbon emissions between now and 2020. In addition, other pollutants will get more stringent treatment from the Environmental Protection Agency, a dual mission of dealing with climate change and public health. I'm here at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., visiting with some kids being treated here all the time for asthma and other breathing problems. Often these illnesses are aggravated by air pollution, pollution from the same sources that release carbon and contribute to climate change. That's the president in his weekly radio address last Saturday. Is there a scientific basis for linking carbon emissions and climate change with more traditional control of toxic pollutants and harmful soot and particulates? Joining us is George Thurston, professor of environmental medicine and population health at the New York University Medical Center. Professor, welcome to The Takeaway. Hello. Nice to be here. Is there a link between the two? Does one produce the other? Well, there's definitely a link between controlling the carbon pollutants, CO2 and carbon, and other pollutants that travel along with them, especially uh, power plants. They're putting out a lot of particulate matter, and they also result in ozone air pollution and, and other pollutants that have adverse health effects of their own. Why has the EPA traditionally taken a individual chemical agent approach to pollution, measuring nitrogen oxides or sulfur dioxide or hydrogen sulfide and not doing it more in the aggregate? Well, that's the way the law is written. The Clean Air Act written back in 1970 really did not address the multi-pollutant nature of pollution sources. And so each one is regulated individually, although EPA has been trying in recent years to try and integrate a more multi-pollutant approach to implementation Uh, even though the regulations are pollutant by pollutant. And is your voice drowned out by the voices on Capitol Hill that say uh, regulations of these kinds are going to reduce jobs and uh, uh, make industry more difficult to compete in the rest of the world? Is that that why this isn't front and center in the debate? I think, surprisingly, there's a lot of politics in Washington, D.C. Maybe not so surprisingly. Uh, You've noticed. Yeah, I have picked up on that so that uh, people who are opposed to cleaning the air are going to emphasize the the costs. But the thing is that you really have to remember is that uh, the costs are already there because this air pollution is causing people to go to the hospital, see their doctor, develop disease, diseases like asthma and cancer. And so those costs are already visited on the public. And what we're really talking about here is moving costs from the public to the polluters so that consumers can see those costs and and choose in a more rational way between their energy choices. Does the approach this week from uh, the president give you a sense of optimism about the future? Well, I have to say it's the first time I've heard anybody uh, in a leadership position focus on the health benefits of climate change. But when you're talking about cleaning up pollution, I think it's important to emphasize the fact that the people who do the climate mitigation are going to get the health benefits. They're immediate and they're near the sources. So countries should move forward with this legislation in order to to gain the benefits for themselves. And it's sort of an enlightened action, uh, enlightened self-interest, really, that uh, they're doing the right thing for the planet, but they're also getting benefits for themselves. And that's, you know, studies have shown that the countries that do the most mitigation cleanup get the most 
health benefits. By 2030, a half million deaths avoided per year. And by 2050, if the mitigation measures are put into place, 1.3 million deaths per year avoided uh, worldwide, and most of those in the most polluting places. George Thurston is professor of environmental medicine and population health at the New York University Medical Center. George, thanks so much. You're welcome. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>